all stand if you feel like it. If not, just stay seated and worship. <laughs> oh. God is good. You Amen. Know Rain is coming. God is good. Rain is coming. Mm-hmm. From the west. A whole line of it. Do what? Oh, thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Sound people have more trouble with me. I'm just a renegade up here. Lord, I want to thank you. Is everything you do in our lives is either good or you turn it around for good. That's right. Lord, I thank you for those little surprises and winks that you give us when no one else knows, but you let us know that you're, you're there and you're moving. Mm-hmm. Lord, I thank you for your rest. I thank you that you're teaching me to rest. Thank you, Lord. to the prison. 
and shackles and chains but I've been freed and forgiven I'm not going back I'll never be the same that's why I sing all my hope is in Jesus second verse again I'm no stranger to the prison
accusation or any condemnation when I look into the Father's eyes they don't see my sin they only see redemption this is how my heart has been defined and I Defeated all my shame.
Amen. John was joking because um, this next song we're going to sing is I Am Accepted. So we've got I Am Your Beloved, I Am Accepted. And he said, oh, you've got a lot of I Am songs. I'm seeing a trend here. I'm, I'm. And it, but it's important to know and to speak out so we can hear ourselves, who we are. Mm -hmm. I, am, I am his righteousness. Mm -hmm. I am saved. I am filled with his spirit. I mm -hmm. am just as God's name is I am. Mm -hmm. um, We need to hear that, mm -hmm. what he says about us. Mm -hmm. So, I, I just love my daughter, of course. A lot of people love my daughter, but she, God has done a work in her that um, is just hard to describe. I mean, she's always, since she's been an adult, veered away from all the woo-woo stuff that I walk in and her dad walks in and and uh, didn't think that was who she was. And after defeating or seeing God defeat the cancer, she's more woo-woo than either one of us, of us now. And it's just so much fun. But we had a situation yesterday. We were going to make an offer on some property to flip and... It sold right out from under us. And I um, told her, because I, in my life, up until the last couple of years, I've, one of the things God's had me do is to be a warrior. And in the spirit, of course, I didn't go out and chop anybody up or shoot them or anything. <laughs> they thought I might at times. But I learned from an early age how to fight in the spirit. And so I was talking with her yesterday about this property. And I said, I don't feel like it's done. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe the sale's going to fall through. I don't know. But I feel like it's still ours. And so, you know, we'll just have to fight a little bit. And 
and stand and she said, how about we do this? Let's rest in the Father's goodness and put it in his hands and let him do whatever needs to happen to bring it into our hands. And I said, oh, you're right. It's a, a wonderful thing when your child can bring correction to you and you know it's God. Mm-hmm. And just for a little bit, I forgot about the rest that we're supposed to be moving in in this season and so I said you're absolutely right we're not going to do a thing except just believe God and watch and see what he does it's so sometimes it's hard to remember who I am I am his beloved Mm -hmm. he bought me with his blood It means I'm valuable. His blood is the most uh, costly commodity Mm -hmm. that has ever been on this this planet. And he used it to buy me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to live in the state that the world is in. I'm set apart. You're set apart. We're in the world, but not of it. So, if we do a lot of I am songs, it's because we need to remind ourselves of who we are. Amen. Of what I've done, but because of your great mercy. 
me free. Thank you. Last week we looked at uh, a little bit at David's life and as a young man killing the giant, the uncircumcised Philistine. And what got me started on reading this and and uh, contemplating on it was that the Lord said it's life and death. And we we reduced it to we'd reduced David and Goliath to a kid kid story, but God says it's life and death. And. Uh, we don't necessarily look at things from that point of view and uh, how that we can let uh, we can take things into our own hands and, and begin to uh, what even looks like maybe God and it's not necessarily the best thing of resting in what Kay was saying there. And we've 
we've known this and been learning from it and looking at it from different points of view uh, for quite a while, but I want to read some more in 1 Samuel. In uh, be chapter 24. And we just want to look at how David responded to different things. It says here that uh, David was hiding in a cave. There's just a lot of things that come up that we don't, we skip over sometimes and don't think about it. But he had approximately 600 men with him in a cave. That's a big cave. That is a big cave. And he cut the hem of, he said, he says that the Lord delivered Saul into his hands. But he didn't kill him. He just cut the hem of his garment off. And then he showed it to him. And he says here that I have not sinned against you. Verse 11. It says, let the Lord judge between you and me and shall not be against you. My hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancients say, wickedness proceeds from the wicked. But my hand shall not be against you after whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog, a flea? Therefore let the Lord be judge and judge between you and me and see and plead my case and deliver me out of your hand. Verse 16, so it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul, that Saul said, is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, you are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Therefore, swear now to me 
by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. So David swore to Saul and Saul went home and David and his men went up to the stronghold. Isn't that interesting? The very thing that he wanted was to just please God and do whatever God said. And God had spoken that he would be king, but he never pursued it in his own strength. And here he could, he had the opportunity, and even Saul knew to the point that he said, now I know that you have not wanted to harm me and that you will be the king of Israel. You will be the king. You will be what God said you would be. When he anointed you and brought you out from amongst your brothers, in front of your dad, in front of Samuel, you will be because you've not tried to get it in your own strength. We talked about that this week. Talked about it Friday night, Wednesday night, and yet Friday we talked a little bit about it. Doing things in our own strength. Uh, we all get in situations where that we can do it in our own. Sometimes we get there get where we can't, we can't even see the way out. Yet God says, I can, I can do it. I can perform my word. I can do whatever I say, I can do it. You don't have to Fight for it. You don't have to go after it. You don't have to do it in your own strength. Even to the point of me delivering him to you. You did not forget who I am and that it was me that delivered him and that it'll be me that makes you king over all the people. More than just the 600. We know he had uh, 600 here because we can read it in this next chapter. Uh, after Nabal had spoken ill of him and not rewarded him for what they had done for him, he says, Who is this David? This he, he curses him. He doesn't even speak nice of him at all. Let me see if I can find it here. David sent, his, sent uh, some men to Nabal to ask for food. and They spoke to Nabal in verse 9 according to all the words in the name of David and waited. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David 
and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take bread and water and meat that I've killed for my shears and give it to the men who I don't even know or even where they're from. So David's young men turned on their heels and went back and they came and told him all the words. And then David said to his men, every man gird on his sword. So every man girded his sword and David also girded on his. And about 400 men went with David and 200 stayed with the supplies. David's forgotten. <laughs> He's forgotten what had, just, what had just happened to him. How that God had made a way. Saul, when uh, he figured out that David was more righteous than he, he went home. He quit pursuing him. Never tried to kill him after that. He realized that God's hand was upon him. And he knew it. But now, here's David, once again in the same type of situation. And he's going to do it in his own strength. He says, I'm going to go and let it be upon me if any of Nabal's men servants are alive this time tomorrow. It's I'm going to kill them all. I'll just kill them all, Ronnie. Going to kill them all. It's life and death. It's life and death. And if we can rest in the life, we don't have to deal with the death. And Abigail, Nabal's wife, was smart enough to know. She knew that he was wrong and what he had said. And the minute that she heard it, she put into action something to thwart the, the killing of all of the men. It wouldn't have been just the men only. It's the men, all males. All the males. She knew that he had been foolish in what he had said and in the way he had acted. And she knew uh, not to waste a second of time. I need to do this so that there will not be blood in the, my family or on the king himself, which is going to be David. She used that. Verse 14 says, Now, one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master. And he reviled them. But the men were good to us, and we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. And there they were a wall 
to us both by day and night all the time we were with them. Keeping the sheep. Now therefore, no one consider what you will do for harm is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. Talk, talking about Nabal. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five seahs of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, 200 cakes of fig, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, Go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. So it was as she rode on the donkey that she went down under cover of the hill, and there were David and his men coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him. And he, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. David said, Surely in vain have I done this for this man. Don't we do that sometimes? Surely in vain, God, I've, I've been righteous in the way I've dealt with Mike. Surely I have. And look how he's treated me. Surely I, in all my goodness what I've done how I've helped them I can recall over the years that, that we've been in ministry most of the time the ones that have hurt us most are the ones that we've helped the most but we never pursued that never we never tried to kill anybody <laughs> thank god thought about it a time or two Kay says God, you delivered him into my hand. Why can't I finish it off? Why can't I do that? It, 
Oh, oh, that. Don't bring that stuff up. Oh, it's in the Bible. Yes. Well, don't kill. Hmm. But Lord, you put him, you gave him to me. What about that, Mike? The Lord gave him to me. Can I go ahead and finish it? No. No, he didn't. It's a good thing he was on the back row. Verse 23, now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, on me, my Lord, on me let this iniquity be, and please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men whom you sent. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. And now this present which your maidservant has brought let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the Lord of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies, he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for the, my Lord according to all the good he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel that this will not be a grief to you nor offense of heart to my Lord either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself but when my Lord has dwelt, dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Smart woman. She says, and if you do this, that bloodshed will be on your life 
for the rest of your life. If you don't do it, you won't have to contend with it. It won't be there. The difference there is, is unbelievable. The bloodshed will be on your life for the rest of your life if you do it. She appealed to the thing that he was going to do and put it back to him. It'll be on you if you do this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let God avenge. Let God be the one that takes and establishes you. Let God be the one who brings it to you let God be the one who brings you whatever you need. What is it? What? What? It's just like the, yesterday, you guys with the Camp Hope kids sending home food to all those. Uh, what did they have to do with that? All they had to do is show up, right? We just had to show up. We can say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you for your provision. Thank you for, for providing. Thank you, Lord, that we did not have to do this in our own strength. And we can't do it in our own strength. We never know, and we, we've discussed this, but we, we don't know how things will turn out. We don't know the future. We don't know how it plays out in the hand of God. But if we can make ourselves available to receive from his hand. And that was her appeal to David. Don't do it in your own strength. I know you can. I know you have right. You have every right to it. But the end result in this, she became his wife and uh, he became king. She's now a queen. Wasn't what she was after. What she was after was that David not mess himself up in his own strength. Don't get don't don't let this stuff get on you. Don't don't let bloodshed be on you. Don't let this be on your life for the rest of your life. That's something that you'd have to deal with. So, life and death. I was thinking about it, it being in the tongue. It says, life and death and power of the tongue. We need to be reminded, I guess, 
not to do it in our own strength. Allow God to, to do it for us. And I've, I've been in situations where uh, I can't see that God did it. I have to be reminded. It doesn't hurt to have somebody that can come and speak into your life and say, hey, you're trying to do this in your own strength. You need to back up, back off. Let God, let God be the one that brings it. Let God be the one. Let Him be the, the one that we praise and worship and say, give thanks to for what He's done in our life. Uh, I look back over my life uh, for the many years and what it took to get me to this point. There's a lot of things uh, I work for. Nineteen and a half years in the tire plant in Ardmore and was never given a promotion. When I quit, the people in charge got mad because I quit. Because I was such a good hand and uh, that I, I supervised when the supervision wasn't there, but they never promoted me. But they wanted to be mad and got even got mad at my brother because he didn't tell them ahead of time that I was quitting so they could try to stop it. <laughs> when I walked out of there, it made a way for me to be here. And if I hadn't walked out of there, I, I would have been, I wouldn't have been able to fulfill what God had called me to do. Wouldn't have been all over the world. Wouldn't have gone into nations and, and released the Word of God. Uh, it just wouldn't have happened. But I, I heard God. I knew I was supposed to get out of there. And it's because I listened, because I acted on what God was providing that I'm here today. I wouldn't be here today. if It changed the whole course of my life with my kids and grandkids and everything. We, me being quitting that job and moving here changed my life. But I knew it was God. I knew it was God. And that's what He's asking out of us. Not to try to fix it in our own strength. Not to do it in our own strength. But to allow Him to work within us. Give us that opportunity to walk in His goodness, in His mercies. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but 
Kay and I, we're glad to be here. And for the longest time, uh, she hated McAllister. Didn't want to be here. But God has changed that in her life. And uh, it's a joy to be here. And it's a joy to have our kids and grandkids. And we have some that we would not have had had we not done what God had asked us to do. So, be willing to rest. Be willing to uh, walk in the place that God has opened up for you. Where He's brought you to. It took a, a hand of God to bring Charlie here. Couldn't buy that place. Didn't want it. Go buy it. How many? Two years. And then one day God said, there it is. There it is. Laura, here you are in McAllister, Oklahoma. I remember you being in Rango, Colorado. How'd you get here? <laughs> Listening to God on the way. Amen. So, let it be life and death, but give it, let the life be the life giving blood of the Lamb. Not your own strength. Life is not in your own strength. Life is in God. Amen? Amen. Life and death. Agree, Kim? Yep. I'm glad you're here. We said we said yes when you called. We said yes. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Father, thank you that life and death is in the power of the tongue. You ask us to choose life. So, Father, we ask for strength to be able to do that. Just walk in your ways and know, know God, that you have settled it in our hearts to do and accomplish all that you've called us to do. That we are in the place that you have desired for us to be. Southeast Oklahoma, you've opened up the doors for us to be here to 
the release life into this area, God. And I thank you for that. And I thank you, Father, for the ones that you've brought here and that you continue to bring that this would be a place that the goodness of God would go forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.